And I'm Maeve. And this is Because Pony, the podcast designed to help young equestrians who have big goals but don't have access to educational, financial, or developmental opportunities that a traditional barn community might give them. We're here to share ideas and encouragement from pro tips to personal stories, from side hustles to barn hacks. Life with Horses brings us together. We do it because of the ponies. All right, what are we talking about today, Emily? We, well, this is our intro. This is the very first episode oh, right, to tell right, everybody right. what who we are and what we're going to be doing. Who are we? Oh, what a great question. If only somebody could tell me. So uh, you want to tell yourself tell yourself a little bit about us? Tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> I'll tell us about me. Yeah, that seems like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, so people probably want to know who we are and why they are listening to us. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a fair thing. Where did you Where did you start with horses? I guess is a good thing if we're going to be talking yeah. about them. So when I was little and I decided that horses were my most favorite thing in the whole world, as one does, uh, I went to the library and read all of the books that I could possibly find about them and dreamt about riding. And one day my dad took me to the horse farm that was half a mile down the road. And I brought my little horse book from the library to show the lady that owned the farm and Pretty soon I got to go there a couple days a week and I got to clean stalls and help her feed horses. And eventually, and I just did that for free because I was dying to be there. Right, of course. And I was 10. <laughs> so I was probably super helpful. And um, then I started cleaning stalls like a couple days a week. And then finally she said, do you want to earn riding lessons? And I about died. <laughs> I can picture little you just being just melting. I think that's adorable. Because and I was like dreaming of her saying that, but I was too afraid to ask. Of course. Um, is. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I started doing, taking riding lessons and working and stall cleaning. And eventually I was working enough that I could also get paid a little bit or like earn lessons and get paid a little extra or whatever. And I love dressage from before I ever started riding. I found pictures in a book and I said, wow, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I was As a weird kid. Horse person starts. <laughs> a weird kid who didn't want to jump. Okay, My enough. sole purpose in life was to wear a shad belly. <laughs> Specifically, a gray one with sparkles, actually. Yeah. So, um, Let's see. So I did that. And mostly at that place, we we did not have any schoolmaster type horses. We had a lot of like green ponies that we trained while we were riding, essentially. And they taught us a lot of things, but not necessarily like how to put a horse on the bit or do a proper leg yield, but more of like how to stay on. And um also how to have that. fun, which was actually a really big thing that they were good at because we could bop around and do dumb stuff as kids are wont to do. And of we course. didn't die. <laughs> you didn't so, die. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. 
I had a brief stint where I, I got my dream where I got to be a working student for a short time um, for a local trainer. I found my very first professional dressage facility. My friend and I called and asked if we could come watch and showed up. And then I asked if there were any jobs available and I worked for them for a summer. And that was the first time I got to travel to a recognized show as a groom and learn about like how fancy dressage horses are taken care of. And <laughs> that was kind of the starting point of my dream come true. <laughs> then after a long debate with myself about what to do for college, I finally decided that out of the two biggest passions I have in my life, which are art and horses, I could not live without horses. So, and I figured I could go for, you know, periods of time without drawing, mm. but I couldn't put horses away. So I went to a horse college and got a, a degree in equitation instruction in Kentucky. And although the education itself uh, and the degree itself probably weren't what they were cracked up to be in the long run, which is <laughs> for another episode or oh, yes. a few. Um, <laughs> Maybe a mini series. <laughs> yeah. The connections I made and the amount of writing that I did that kind of forced me to put to it kind of forced me to be in a position to have more opportunities and to ride more and to just get fitter and just try everything because I was able to do hunt seat um and jump and go cross country schooling and ride western and take a reining class and learn how to train western pony and just like make friends and go out of state and travel with my friends and groom for them and uh, learn about all kinds of other disciplines that I might not have been able to otherwise. So it was even more well-rounded. And because of that, I um, got my first job training halflingers in Kentucky. Halflingers! Yeah. Uh, as you people will find out, we are enthusiasts as, <laughs> um, along with uh, the occasional corgi. Well, not really occasional. Well, they're basically the same thing. That is a hot take and a half. Please explain. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what? You know, um, our first official tangent. Yay! So, <laughs> yeah, corgis and halflingers are essentially the same. They're short. They're adorable. They're food motivated. Um, people are drawn to them. They're very social. They're hilarious. Uh, need I go on? I mean, fair. I mean, <laughs> it's sure. I'll, I'll let the answer is yes. I'll let it you it have is this correct. One. If you, if you, if this makes you feel better, you can, you can have this one. Um, I'd just say ponies and dogs are the same. Poorly. Anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your thing? Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Term. Continue. I worked at a halflinger farm for a handful of years and trained, like I got to start them under saddle and show them. And our focus was dressage, but also for just like an all around good pony for um, mostly 
women who are coming back into riding after not riding for years or like just getting into riding as adults and they needed like a safe course that they could feel comfortable with to do whatever they wanted, especially lower level dressage, but also like trail rides and just kind of whatever they wanted to do. And so, so you need good eggs. Yeah. So that was my job was training them and making them be what they needed to be. And that's where I met my dream pony. Uh, Rumble. Yeah. Little Crumble, who is now 14. That job was spectacular and I learned a lot. Uh, the farm was eventually sold and the ponies were dispersed to new homes. And I went on to other things. And I did a short stint in Wisconsin, which was fabulous, and rode all kinds of horses there. And then uh, I met my current boss while I was in Kentucky, before I left Kentucky, and was offered a working student position, had already planned to go to Wisconsin, and was told, well, maybe next year. And Fast forward to that next winter, I ended up in Florida and Florida. <laughs> for the winter, which was dream, like the dreamland, the ultimate dream for any young horse person, uh, especially of the English variety. Yeah. So I did a winter in Florida and came back and kind of was at a little bit of a loss as to what I wanted to really do. Uh, where I wanted to be, I was not the kind of person who wanted to do a lot of moving, and yet that is what I ended up doing. I didn't want to go back to Florida right away. I wanted to just be settled and feel like I had a nice home, again, where I felt really secure and welcome. So I ended up staying in Vermont for three years. That's three whole Vermont winters. Same same people. My my trainer, yeah, the the home base in Vermont. <laughs> Yes, that. Where there's a home base that stays year-round, and then part of the farm goes to Florida while the other part stays and caters to the Vermont people who have their horses boarded there. Uh, so I stayed there for three years and started to really feel like I had a solid foundation for myself. Vermont started to feel like home, so I started to feel so much better and I realized that I really wanted to do a whole lot more riding again. Um, and in order to do that, I would need to go back and forth to Florida. And really, that was the opportunity to pursue my biggest goals. And two years ago, I got promoted to the assistant trainer and barn manager of the barn that goes back and forth from Vermont to Florida. And so I've been doing that for two years as of January. And it, I am officially living the dream that I dreamed of when I was little. And I was reading all of the books from the library. And I would read about all of the, the things happening in Florida and all of the big name writers and everything and dream about how I would be there someday or like, what if I could? But as a kid growing up in Washington state, clear across the country, Florida is kind of a pipe dream. It does not feel like it could ever happen. But guess what? It did. <laughs> it's funny how these things work out. Yeah. So that's the little background about me. And then 
during one of my years in Vermont winter in the freezing cold, one day I saw this girl who was like 15-ish wearing a t-shirt in the snow <laughs> and riding. And that was Maeve. So Maeve. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tell us well, about yourself. Well, I mean, other than the fact that I wear t-shirts when it's like 20, I mean, to be fair, I only wear t-shirts when it's that cold when I'm riding because riding is hard and <laughs> yeah, and I and I'm warm. Um, but I do not have nearly as long of a different places and That's cuz you're a youngin. Okay, well, Anyways, the I don't have quite as as developed of a story yet, but we will see. Hopefully I'll get to to work on that. Um I have always sort of similar to Emily, I was a child who was obsessed with horses. I grew up with a friend who had a farm with sheep and horses and I showed sheep and I uh absolutely adored the ponies that were on the farm and I think I got my first couple lessons there when I was a little girl and by lessons I mean glorified pony ride I I I don't think I I don't think I was doing things but I absolutely loved it it was fantastic and I was obsessed and so for a while off and on I went to different summer camps and really anywhere that I could get, but I couldn't afford to be able to ride and have lessons. And I didn't know about the working student thing yet. That was that was foreign concept. <laughs> but eventually I was able to figure out uh, riding and I got to lease a pony with my friend and we we did everything that young girls do with their ponies, I guess. We we <laughs> You know, ran around on the trails and jumped things that we probably should not have jumped, but it was fun. And it that's made... important. <laughs> exactly. How and else will you know? Exactly. And it made me it made me love it. And it didn't make me a classically trained rider, but it made me a more confident one in the way of just being around horses and just spending time with them, even if it yeah. was just on the ground. Which was a huge part of it, because half the time it was too cold in Vermont to ride, so we would bring them in and we would brush them and we would <laughs> sit on them. And that's how you stay warm. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, they'll heat you if you won't heat yourself, since bodies are dumb that way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and as Emily well knows. Yes, it's true. And after that barn started to um, close... I went on the search for a new barn. I had always sort of known that I wanted to do dressage, kind of like Emily as well. Um, but we have we have this really pretty showgrounds, and they have a couple shows every year that are rated dressage shows. They have, I mean, they have lots of things, but this is one of them. And my mom was like, well, if you want to go to a dressage barn, you should probably go to a dressage show and just see see what it is. And I was like, absolutely and we went and we managed to sit next to a judge in training which was really fun kind of fun little detail she uh she was telling us about all the things it was fascinating <laughs> um we weren't watching anything fancy there were like there were 
you know, fourth level and above tests going on at the moment. But no, no, we were interested in the like training and first level ones, which are fun and fascinating if you know what you're looking at. And I did not know, but I still loved it. It was fantastic. You saw a lot of circles. I did see a lot of circles in different speeds. And occasionally I saw speeds that they were not supposed to be going. And I went to the show and I watched these tests and I was like, yes, this is this is what I want to do. I would like to ride in fancy circles at different gates. And so I found a place I could do that. I mean, we do a lot more than that, but like, you know. <laughs> It's the general idea that counts. We, So I started um, taking lessons at this farm that Emily was also at. And I would ride around as I was having my lessons. She was normally on one horse who was sometimes fantastic, other times a little scary. Mostly fantastic, <laughs> but... She had her moments, as all mares do. And I remember looking at Emily and being like, wow, she can do a lot of things. And she's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And not much has changed. (laughs) I mean, I can admit it now. So that's something. Progress. So I was riding around and I got to ride in my first show and I can't exactly remember the timeline because it feels like a long time ago which I'm probably going to be smited for saying um because it was only a couple years but it feels like forever ago and I started to work at the barn and I was cleaning stalls and filling water buckets and helping with the things that I could at a very slow speed because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, it was really sweet. We all loved Maeve and we were like, Maeve's so great. She's just wonderful. She does all the things. If only she could be a little faster. <laughs> which I'm which I heard for the first time about six months ago and I was like, <laughs> Well, I'm really glad nobody actually told me that because I probably would have cried. It would have been sad. But it's we, part of the learning process. Yeah, we all have to start somewhere. We all have to start slowly. We can't and start out perfect. Now I can, yeah, unfortunately not. <laughs> I know. It's a bummer. <laughs> Seriously. And now I can clean stalls uh, well and quick, quickly. Well and quickly. Well and quickly. Clean stalls with the best of us. And I started showing some more in our local shows. And... I started working more and more until I was working full-time during the summers uh, in exchange for lessons. And I got all sorts of lessons that were fantastic and coaching at the shows and trailering to the shows with the lesson, with the lesson ponies. It was wonderful. And I feel like there should be a butt, but there's no butt. It was fantastic. <laughs> Until one yeah, I day. Feel like that was a little ominous sounding, but I well, promise it's not. It could be until one day she went to Florida. Until one day, plot twist. Uh, so, you know, due to the whole COVID thing, I happened to be online in school. But long story short, I was able to finish school a little early. And I asked if I could go to Florida, and I spent four months of the six-month season in Florida. Six months, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for four months, and I got to experience the Florida 
life. I don't. I don't. It's very different. It's very different. <laughs> I got to experience it, and I got to do all the things, and then I came back in a interesting road trip that involved an airstream and <laughs> people not giving us our gas. Thirty-two hours on the road. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. It was great. And it was yeah yeah. I mean, and here we are. Here we are. It's about it's about up to date, I think. Yeah. So our background is why we decided we should try starting a podcast because it feels like an underserved need that there are kids out there or young adults who are struggling to find the education that they dream of um, and the opportunities for writing and the financial opportunities and the chances for professional development. I feel like there are, there are so many things out there, but it's hard to find if you're not in the middle of it. Like we need to help each other out. We're the kids who grew up in the barns and had to clean the stalls for writing lessons because if, you know, if your parents couldn't help you, your family was doing other things or your family wasn't necessarily into horses or just wanted to help you and was not able to. That is why we are here. And that is why <laughs> we want to create this resource, essentially. Because it's not just a podcast. We want to do we have lots of plans. Which yeah. some of which will remain remain concealed <laughs> until further notice. But Yeah, but we're we gotta see we gotta get a feel for the audience and who's out there and who's interested and um Who's who wants to be involved, and that'll determine what ideas we can implement and when. Um, but the I think the biggest idea that kind of brings us together is just that encouragement that if you are that kid or that teenager or young person going off to college or whatever, like I was, who went to call it went to an equine college because I knew that I did not have any other way to keep riding. And that was the best way that I could think of. Um, if you're that person, just know that you have so many opportunities ahead of you. If you keep going and keep doing what you're doing, even though it might feel like you're not getting anywhere, just hang in there because the stuff that you receive from this, the experiences you have, um, even if you feel like it's not a consistent, solid education, you can learn so much more by the hands-on experience that you have having to learn in through trial and error. And if you keep your eyes open and you put yourself out there and reach out for help whenever you can, you can you can still do what you hope to do. You can you can go as far you can as do big things, okay? You can do as far as you want. <laughs> You can do as far as you, you can go as far as you want. You can do as much as you want. And hopefully we might be able to help help that be a little little less daunting, a little less seemingly unachievable. Sometimes it can feel that way. And we both understand that <laughs> quite, quite well. Yeah, but I think the even more so we don't want to be the kind of people that just talk at you and say, 
hey, you're doing a good job. Keep doing it. Because motivation is great, but also things that things that actually help are even greater. (laughs) Yes. Actionable resources instead of just encouraging words. Although those are very useful. They can only go so far. This is true. Also things that make you happy inside. (laughs) Because when you're happy, we're happy. Wow, that's like violently momish. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, I'm too young for that. (laughs) We asked a few of our friends to share with us some of their advice to young equestrians who are either just getting started with horses or who are maybe even a little bit further along and starting to think about uh, how they might want to grow their careers into something that they're dreaming of. So we'd like to share that with you right now. We also have a few clips of um, just some thoughts that they've shared on why they're thankful for growing up the way that they did in the barn family that they had. So I hope you enjoy listening. I think that it's really important to start by setting your intent. By that, I mean that you have to envision in great detail what it is that you want for your equine life. Close your eyes and picture what you want or write it down. What you shouldn't do is picture the steps to getting there as you want to leave that road open. Then immerse yourself in opportunities to reach that vision. You might offer to help in a stable. You'll meet people there. One of them may offer you an opportunity that resonates with your vision. Or you might help someone who loves their horse but doesn't have enough time to exercise it. Or you might meet someone going to a show and help them get their horse ready and go with them to the show. You'll meet people at the show and one may have an opportunity for you that gets you closer to your vision. Or you might join a Facebook group for people with your interests and that might introduce you to someone who needs your help or who can help you. You'll run into many opportunities. Pursue those that resonate with your vision and you'll get there. Never give up on your dream and your passion. Only pay attention to learning as much as you can, working for rides or lessons, and offering barters or work at the best barns under the best people you can find. Don't compare yourself to others and take every good opportunity that presents itself and stay true to yourself. The love of horses taught me how to be very resourceful, responsible, hardworking, and how to better communicate with humans and deal with life. I'm most thankful that I have a passion that hasn't faded and that I know what gives me joy. Everything good in my life has come in through a horse. Only through a horse can I actually live in the moment. Be someone that others want to have around the barn. Be polite, be well-spoken, pay attention. I, for one, am always happy to share my knowledge with kids. I enjoy giving lessons on my horse. I'd be happy to give someone old show clothes or riding clothes that I don't use anymore. But I won't just do that for anyone. Sure, buy one horse, but also avail yourself to ride whatever comes your way and make sure you're in a position where they can come your way. 
be visible within the horse world by being a working student or even just picking up hours of work around the stable. From rides on Grand Prix Schoolmasters to being able to learn the genetic outcome of a long-term breeding program to being around to help raise multiple foals, I feel that working for it allowed me to meet such fantastic people and gave me a deep level of horsemanship that I wouldn't trade for anything. I would tell any young person interested in getting into horses to find a really good coach and beg them to be their working student. Huge thanks to Cheryl, Charlotte, Beth, Kim, and Trish for sharing your words of wisdom and great advice and encouragement. That's it for this episode of Because Pony. If you had fun with us today, or even if you didn't and you still like listening to us, we hope you'll su subscribe to Because Pony wherever you listen to podcasts and on whatever else we're on. So give us a five-star review and let us know you enjoyed what you heard. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. Theo says so too. <laughs> we'll catch you later.